Hello, my name is Scott Winnale, and this is TW Now. Welcome. Beer, wine, liquor. Is it good for you, or is it, as some would say, the devil's brew? Alcohol is an ancient substance that is commonly used by nearly every culture on Earth. Alcohol is also potentially addictive as a drug that is commonly abused by elements in nearly every culture on Earth. Research has shown that alcohol consumption and abuse rates are relatively high globally. Excess use of alcohol is known to cause a host of health problems, while moderate or low use of alcohol may actually have some health benefits. Did you know that alcohol use is discussed in the Bible? Do you know what the Bible has to say about alcohol use? Most people believe there is only condemnation of alcohol use in the Bible, but there's more to that story. On today's program, we have two panel members who will be discussing alcohol, a substance that is arguably one of society's modern plagues. I'd like to introduce today two individuals and welcome them back to TW Now. Mr. Michael DeSimone is a minister. He's an educator with the Living Church of God here in Charlotte. Welcome, Mr. DeSimone. Thank you. Good to be here. And Mr. Stuart Wahavich is joining us on Skype from Edmonton, Alberta in Canada. He's a writer for Tomorrow's World magazine. He's also a career educator with experience in the Alberta provincial government and certainly has dealt with some of these issues in his career as well. Mr. Wahavich, welcome to you. Welcome back. Pleasure to be here. Well, gentlemen, let's go ahead and jump into the conversation today. And actually, before we do that, I want to welcome our audience and invite you. If you have questions, please feel free to pose them to us and we'll do our best to get to some of them. Gentlemen, to start out today, let me ask you the question, what do we need to understand about alcohol and its impact on society? Mr. Vahovich, would you like to take a shot at that to start with? Well, I, I think a great deal of research has been done by uh, uh, many, many bodies and uh, certainly compiled by national health institutes in the United States and also in Canada and elsewhere around the world. And I think it's uh, unequivocally clear that um, alcohol consumption uh, by and of itself, depending on the nature of that consumption, can be a very serious problem. Uh, we know it can lead to problems with uh, students if they are drinking and uh, young students. Uh, we know that there are many social problems, uh, problems that result legally. There's impaired driving issues. Uh, there are many health issues that we can speak about a bit later. Um, and just the, the whole loss of inhibition uh, has led many people to long years of regret uh, from abusing this particular substance. So I think we know a lot about that. We know uh, a great deal about the levels of drinking that, if you can call it, are change from safe to uh, distinctly unsafe. And uh, we know also that it's used as an, a way of escape by many people and uh, maybe because they lack any other hope in their life. But uh, it's, a, it's a huge issue. It's one that costs the economy enormously. I believe uh, $14.8 billion a year, and latest data I've seen from Canada uh, in lost economic production. And I think the numbers are much greater in the US. So we do understand that the abuse of alcohol is a problem socially, economically, and culturally. 
Mr. DeSimone, what do you have to add? You know, uh, of course, alcohol by itself, and we'll, we'll talk about that, but uh, by itself is not a problem. It's not um, an issue. It's the wrong use of the alcohol that's the problem. Of course, many times, and it can be used properly. There's ways to use it properly. Uh, but many times it's, it's abused, it's used improperly, it's used too much, it's, um, you know, people become dependent on it, they become addicted to it, and uh, there are a lot of uh, issues that are associated with it. You know, one of the, uh, certainly one of the issues, alcohol abuse, um, there are diseases associated with it, you know, I mean, just on the kind of high level, simple, if it's abused, here are some of the problems. Uh, you know, uh, of course, liver disease is a, is a major issue, but if there could be heart problems that are associated with the improper use of it over a period of time, um, the you know, there are, you know, suicide rates increase due to the use or abuse of alcohol. Uh, so there, there are a host of, of issues that come with the abuse of it, for sure. Mr. Havich, you were mentioning in our conversation earlier about some of the experience that you've had with young people in school related to uh, alcohol abuse. Maybe you can share some of those thoughts. Well, one of the most serious issues that I, I see, and there are many serious issues regarding the abuse of the substance, one of the most serious issues that we run into uh, are, are literally thousands in, in our my, my former school district. Um, uh, had a population of around 85,000 students. And uh, out of that number, we had uh, upwards of 7,000 uh, students who suffered from fetal alcohol spectrum disorder. And that's, of course, caused by a pregnant uh, mother uh, drinking. And it doesn't have to be very much. You know, we can talk about moderate drinking later. But pregnancy, I'm not sure what is moderate, because uh, we would have... Um, uh, many, many cases of uh, a child affected by fetal alcohol, that renders that child somewhat dependent the rest of their life, takes mm -hmm. away their future, uh, puts a burden on the mother and society who has to take care of this child. And we have to take care of them. We have to be merciful. But how much better would it be if that were avoided? Mm -hmm. And that problem tends to replicate itself generation by generation. Uh, maybe certain minority groups are more, more frequented by that problem, but nonetheless, it is a major problem, and it's uh, uh, one that does affect our economy. It does affect uh, um, so many of the use of educational dollars, the use of social services dollars later on. But that's a, it's a major issue. Mm. Well, that's a sad situation too, isn't it? Because You've got this child being born with a level of dependency. It's, it's going to affect its emotional, the child's emotional development sure. and emotional development over time. It's going to affect their ability to think and to reason and to learn. And, you know, sadly, it's, it's kids, teenagers, who are abusing alcohol, may not have even intended to get pregnant, uh, but it's a consequence of drunkenness, and it's just a, a sad cycle that it can bring about. You know, I, I think that's interesting. The, uh, of course, these mothers, like you said, maybe they, you know, how much did they use alcohol while they were pregnant? You know, that, that 
maybe even less than uh, someone who's not pregnant uses alcohol but still causes a problem for these uh, children. But these mothers are, I'm sure, younger in age overall, you know, I'm, I'm guessing in their 20s or whatever, but uh, oftentimes that's where it starts. In the teen years, the early, um, early adulthood is where drinking starts, and oftentimes, um, as we were talking about earlier, the, the initiation to that is it done improperly. It's the improper use of it. Uh, oftentimes, binge drinking is a big deal. Um, there was a Harvard study that was done with their students about binge drinking. They said that 62% uh, of those who binge drank um, of their students uh, did things that they later regretted doing. Um, 42% had unplanned sexual activity. So 42%, of course, you know, there could be pregnancies inside of there. Uh, unprotected sex is another thing. 69% confessed to drunk driving. So all of these are um, mistakes, problems, issues that they may not have made while in their right mind. And uh, they have lasting effects, many of, of these things. You know, for, for what you were talking about, of course, that's lasting effects for the rest of someone's life, their children's life. And some of these effects may hurt more than others, but there are certainly ripple effects that come from this. Yes, I think the, the, the key there is as one begins to drink, especially if you go over a limit, uh, one drink is not going to do that to you. But if right. it becomes a lot, the, one of the first casualties is your loss of inhibition. Those natural right. controls right. in our mind that prevent us from making bad decisions. And uh, we can call that equivalent to a loss of wisdom, a loss of the functioning of wisdom. And that creates a lot of choices that lead to some very sad situations. Right, and right. you know, in fact, the, that loss of inhibition is one of the keys that brings people back to it. They, they want to lose that. They want to be able to kind of open up uh, and be, it'll take, you know, it can take someone who might be kind of more introverted and, and uh, they lose some of that in a wrong way and uh, they become dependent on that. That's the whole concept of addiction, you know, right. which is uh, such a terribly expensive uh, problem in our society. Mm -hmm. Let me ask for a quick clarification. Uh, Mr. DeSimone, you mentioned binge drinking. Mm -hmm. Can one of you define that for our audience? Yeah, so I mean, it is when your blood alcohol content, you've drank enough so that your blood alcohol content becomes 0.08. So what does that mean? I, I think you maybe uh, four or five drinks for a guy within a two hour period and uh, maybe a little less than that for, for a lady, I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah, about but five it, drinks for a guy. It's just too much. <laughs> it's a lot. Inten the intent of that is to get drunk. Yeah. Let me go to another question that's very closely related to this, and that is, why has alcohol become, why is alcohol such a problem for some? What, what are some of the underlying reasons why some people, and clearly not everyone has, who drinks alcohol has a problem with alcohol. Right. In fact, most people do not. Mm -hmm. But why is it such a problem for some? Well, I think one of the issues is how they get started drinking. If the, mm -hmm. if the home is not... Uh, teaching them uh, proper use um, and uh, with food, small amount, just to enjoy a meal better, etc. 
than if their initiation is really with their buddies and, right. and the crowd. That's a very different context. Uh, secondly, in many, many cases, there is not the concept of uh, absolutes, not the concept of something that's absolutely right or wrong. And uh, normally, religion uh, provided that uh, venue of, of thinking uh, that, uh, whoops, I better not do this, or if I am doing it, at least I know it's wrong. Um, those inhibitions and those concepts, I think, are diminishing in our society very rapidly as people move away from religion as a source of guidance in their life. And uh, so I think uh, the whole issue of how do I deal with a problem? How do I escape a problem if there doesn't appear to be an escape route uh, has led people to um, drinking way too much. And um, often when you find people doing that, they're also in association with people who are also using other substances and it compounds, uh, one compounds the other. Sure, it's uh, certainly addictive in nature. You know, why is it such a problem? Well, it, you can become, again, dependent on that. And, and oftentimes dependency, addiction, um, starts from the way that it's been, uh, you know, it was introduced to a person. So as Mr. Wahovich mentioned, uh, you know, many times it's not around the dinner table shown to how to properly use it, when to stop, having, maybe even having the example. I say a lot of times it's not, like you mentioned, okay, there are a lot of people drink alcohol and it's not a problem at all. So, um, but there are many that are prone to that. Oftentimes those that do get into addiction um, come from a family that has had addiction in the family, abuse in the family, uh, alcohol abuse. Um, and then the way they were introduced to it, that, that binge drinking while it was fun when you were a kid, um, in your 20s or whatever, in your, your early adulthood, and then that, that just abuse turns into a habit, and then people become dependent on it. People don't become dependent on it by using it properly. So, it so that's how it works. That's how, uh, that's you know, one of the reasons why it is an issue. Well, you actually <clears throat> alluded to something that is a question that just came in from one of our viewers on Facebook. Uh, you're talking about how people grow up in a family where there's alcohol abuse issues are more likely to have problems later in life. Mm -hmm. uh, from what you know and understand, does that mean that someone who grows up in a family who has alcohol problems, does that mean that young person is going to be an alcoholic mm. when they become an adult? Certainly not. No, it does not mean that. It does not have to be that way. Um, these are, uh, there really are choices that are made, but it, it can be difficult. Uh, there needs to be an intent not, not to be, maybe, Mr. Havich. Oh, I think it depends on the influences on the person. Um, if they're, mm -hmm. yes, they may have an alcohol abuse problem in the home, and those are very sad situations, but maybe it's not both parents. Maybe there's a, another parent, a grandparent, an aunt, an uncle, et cetera, that may end up being a very positive encourager and uh, a role model. So mm -hmm. it's not a foregone conclusion that the person will have a problem. Right. I mean, they still have to make choices. It's just that the influences sometimes can be very strong, and if they see a parent using alcohol as an escape, 
Mm. Uh, if they run into problems, they may also turn to that same escape route. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm going to switch gears here and let's go into the Bible. Um, I think many people are aware that the Bible does have things to say about alcohol. What are some of the warnings that the Bible has regarding the use of alcohol? You know, um, certainly we're told in uh, 1 Corinthians that uh, drunkards, so this idea of getting drunk, drinking too much, will not be in the kingdom of God or will not inherit the kingdom of God. So it, the one aspect we see from the Bible is that abuse of alcohol um, is sin. It is wrong. The wrong use is wrong in God's eyes. Mm -hmm. Yes, I, I would tend to agree that that's very clear in the scriptures. Um, there are scriptures that call wine a mocker. Mm -hmm. uh, that is, it's, uh, it reduces the person, if they had too much, to a loss of wisdom, a loss of clear understanding. Um, and, uh, and we had had problems in society before prohibition in the 1920s, and there was a reason for prohibition. It wasn't a great solution, perhaps, mm -hmm. but uh, many people could walk into a, a grocery store and there was a barrel of rum there, and for five cents you could have a dipper full, and half the male population was walking around drunk. <laughs> uh, and the prohibition movement was really a reaction to that. Now, they went overboard because they made the assumption, therefore, that all alcohol is a sin. It's wrong. Right. The Bible doesn't say that. But the Bible does give warnings about the consequences of drinking, the loss of wisdom, the bad choices, and the loss of character. Because there is a character issue here. Can I control myself? Can I limit myself? And, you know, the Bible is a great deal about the building of character. And uh, so I think that's, uh, that's a, an issue that uh, we have to always look at and, and keep in mind. I'd, I'd like to read from Proverbs a, a section that gives a picture, uh, really, of, of drunkenness and kind of that, that whole process and what that looks like. Proverbs 23, those who linger long at the wine, those who go in search of mixed wine, so, so always kind of looking for it, always uh, wanting it. Do not look at the wine while it is red. It sparkles in the cup. It swirls around smoothly. Ooh, just, you know, it's, it's right there. Uh, at the last, it bites like a serpent and stings like a viper. You can't escape the problems that are associated with it. Um, if, if, if used improperly. Your eyes will see strange things. Your heart will utter perverse things. How real is this relative to, you know, what we see and, and we know happens when alcohol is abused? Yes, you will be like one who lies down in the midst of the sea, oh, you know, <laughs> uh, back and forth. Uh, or like one who lies on the top of a mountain uh, of a mast saying, they've struck me and I was not hurt. You, you know, you don't feel it, maybe fights, other things like this. You don't, not, not really in control of your own self, your own actions, your own mind. Uh, they have beaten me, but I didn't feel it. And I, I, when I shall awake, uh, I may seek another drink, you know. You've gone yes. through all of that, all that hurt, all that pain, and you seek another drink. Well, that's, that's true. I mean, even uh, the Bible has warnings, even in the stories about uh, people in the Bible. Yeah. Uh, Noah, a great that's man. That's right. A righteous man. 
but he made a mistake one time. He mm -hmm. got drunk, mm -hmm. and it led to problems, as you can uh, read in Genesis chapter 9. Mm -hmm. So uh, where wine can also be called in the Bible a blessing, mm -hmm. but even a blessing needs to be used wisely, or it can become a curse. Mm. Mr. DeSimone, you, <clears throat> we were talking earlier, and you mentioned some of the signs of alcoholism. Mm -hmm. I wonder if you could share a couple of those, and then make some comments about if people have this in their family, what do they need to do? You know, so one, there's some signs. One is uh, habitually drinking alone, that's an issue. Lying about uh, your, your drinking, habits, uh, lying about drinking in general, uh, unhappy or irritable when not drinking, um, blackout or losing memories when drinking, drinking to forget problems and stress. Um, these are some of the, the signs that, uh, you know, it, it can be difficult to look at oneself and to say, hey, I, I have an issue, I have a problem. Of course, we know if, if we can say that, that's really when the fixing of it can begin. And there's certainly, you know, uh, websites, programs uh, that can be, you know, that you can uh, get in contact with that can help overcome the problems. Uh, Alcohol Anonymous, um, and there's, there's other places as well. Okay. Mr. Wahavich, you mentioned a few minutes ago, uh, just in passing, about how the scripture does mention that wine is a blessing, or wine can be a blessing. We've, we've talked a bit about how the Bible clearly talks about how the abuse of alcohol is, even to the point of being a sin, it will keep us out of the kingdom mm -hmm. of God. God doesn't mince words with, with alcohol abuse um, and drunkenness, mm -hmm. as the scripture calls it. What does the Bible have to say in favor of the use of alcohol? And, and what, what is God's perspective, I guess, on the proper use of alcohol? And you might even throw in if you've got any um, science to back up your comment as well. Well, First uh, Timothy 5.23, the Bible talks about, uh, take a little wine, Timothy, for your stomach's sake. In other words, Paul, the apostle, writing under the inspiration of God, assumed correctly that uh, wine had a medicinal benefit. We do know that science does back that up. Red wine in particular is known to have uh, significant cardio uh, benefits uh, to the body, uh, etc. And that's just a fact. Um, if taken in moderate amounts, one drink or day, maybe two at the most, uh, and uh, that's uh, going to be a health benefit. The Bible has other um, encouragements in some some cases to uh, when it's talking about the fall festival that Israel was ordered to uh, celebrate mm -hmm. by God in Deuteronomy 14 you know to spend your festival tithe on what you desire including uh, uh, alcoholic beverages are mentioned there um, Christ obviously was um, moved positively <laughs> to make a wedding happier uh, at the wedding of Canaan, when they ran out of wine, he turned a very large amount of water into wine. Mm -hmm. That is what the Bible says. We didn't write that. That's been there for a long time. And the people who tasted it were quite surprised that this was the best they'd ever had. Right. Uh, you save the best to the last. <laughs> so Christ would not have encouraged people to break his own law by getting drunk. But 
he did actually create that. That is a record of scripture. And it did contain alcohol because, you know, we can talk about that later perhaps, but the word oinos is used. And that simply means the fermented juice of the vine. And uh, so we, we know we have a lot of uh, scriptures uh, in the Bible. Um, even a minister of God, when he is being uh, looked at to see if he's suitable, uh, the uh, Apostle Paul tells Timothy, you know, uh, do not look for someone to ordain as a deacon or an, an elder uh, if they are given to wine. Mm -hmm. And the term given there to wine means abusing it. It doesn't mean some use, it means abuse. So the Bible has a lot to say uh, about that particular thing. It even talks about Jesus Christ drinking it again when he returns to set up his father's kingdom here on the earth in Matthew 20 or Matthew 14, I think that is verse 25. Uh, so it's uh, it's quite clear. But there is that uh, whole idea of what is acceptable, what is not. There's a line there. When you cross that line, you have gone into the territory of violation of God's law or sin. And, of course, another um, example is Christ at the Passover. So Pat, he, he drank wine with his disciples and had them drink wine, oinos, uh, at the Passover. So, you know, he was teaching them to use wine. Um, of course, like you mentioned, the, uh, uh, the miracle in, in Cana, uh, where he turned the water to wine as well. Yeah, he, he, he taught the proper use of it, as did Paul and, and, and uh, so forth. Mm -hmm. I'm going to jump on this real quickly because <clears throat> um, I have seen preachers on television mm -hmm. talk about how, well, Christ actually didn't make wine there. He made grape juice, or the Passover, mm -hmm. they were keeping grape juice. You've mentioned oinos, this Greek word. Um, that's part of the explanation. Maybe you could go into it just a little bit more, gentlemen, and show how it couldn't have been grape juice that Christ was dealing with here. Well, there are two terms often used, uh, empilion, which means a grapevine, um, and uh, onus, which means the juice of that, the grapes, or juice of the fruit of that vine. And the term oinos is used in scripture, and that term in the Greek language is only used for the fermented juice of the vine. Now we know that they had wine at the Passover meal. Uh, if it wasn't fermented, you had a problem because the grape harvest had been finished in July, August of the previous year. And without refrigeration, I wouldn't want to drink that juice if it had been sitting there molding for uh, several months. Uh, they had no refrigeration. And uh, the manufacture of wine, the fermentation of wine, uh, or grape juice into wine was one of the preservation tools that they used. And so it is really um, a statement made in ignorance when people say that they were drinking grape juice because they would have no means of preserving it uh, from the grape harvest to the times in the year when we see the Bible referencing the use of wine. You know, so, so the idea of grape juice, the way we think about it now, um, it wasn't invented until 1869 by Thomas Welch. Uh, when you think of Welch's grape juice, it wasn't invented. The reason it was invented because of the, it was through the United Methodist Church needing uh, their desire to have this um, uh, unfermented grape juice for their communion services uh, during the temperance movement. 
Um, and, you know, so like I said, it was 1869. Of course, prohibition didn't start till a little bit later than that. But that is why and how it was, um, it was made. Uh, it was pasteurized, which made, made it able to be, you know, to stay without fermenting over time, without refrigeration. Refrigeration wasn't even invented until <laughs> later. You know, these are all kind of modern ideas and concepts. Um, you know, and you mentioned earlier, Mr. Wahavich, just that, uh, you know, the prohibition and the temperance movement to, 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 and the prohibition movement went, you know, even further. It was the total getting everything out, really, and not the moderation. It is the moderation, the use of it properly, like any blessings from God. Um, it could be abused. Uh, you know, sex. Sex, wonderful blessing, right? Between a husband and a wife, the way it should be used. And if it's, it could be improperly used. And it is not a blessing at that point, you know? It, it causes problems. Same with alcohol. There's many different comparisons that can be made in that way. Well, both of you have mentioned the proper or the wise use of alcohol, the moderate use of alcohol. Can you put some more legs on that? What, what are you talking about? What, what is proper use of alcohol? What is wise use? What is, what is the God-intended way to use alcohol? Well, I think the key there is the fact that it is in moderation. Often, it's used in conjunction with food. And we know it's processed in the Bible, or at least the process is modified when you're eating at the same time as uh, consuming a little bit of wine. Uh, we know it has a digestion benefit. So um, if taken with food in moderate amounts, uh, it tends to be quite a beneficial substance. One or two drinks a day would be probably the maximum that an individual should have if they want to avoid a problem. And there's a lot of medical research from the mm -hmm. U.S. National Institution of Health um, that, that backs that up, and also Health Canada. Uh, so a moderate use, one or two drinks a day maximum. Some people would say one day. Uh, it just depends, I guess, on how big a drink is and, and if you're eating with it. Mm -hmm. So I think that's, uh, it's a social activity. It's not something that should be done alone. Uh, just to escape a problem. That's when it becomes a problem. Yeah, I think the, the, one of the keys as well is why it's being done, the drive behind it. Yeah, if you're, if you're drinking and drinking uh, too much to, you know, where, where you, you want to, you're going to feel really lose your senses, you're going to, uh, you know, and okay, yeah, if you limit it to one to two drinks a day, you're really not going to run into these issues. But uh, the drive as to why it's being done, if you're drinking to get drunk, well, clearly that is a problem, which, you know, um, uh, that's what alcohol abuse is. It's, it's, it's clearly the abuse of it. And, you know, binge drinking, all, all of these are, are clearly uh, wrong. Um, but, yeah, one to two drinks, a person is just going to stay away from all of those issues, for sure. And certainly we're talking about a normal one to two drink size, not, not right. the size that college students right. drink yeah. in their one yeah. size drink. Yeah, not, not one to two kegs, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> whatever, right. So we are, we're winding down, we're running out of time here. What I would like to ask both of you 
to do is sort of give a summary statement. What, what do you want to leave the audience with in terms of a, a take-home message, a piece of wisdom, uh, godly wisdom, that we can take home and, and remember about the, the godly use of alcohol? I, I think uh, one thing is um, just the... So God gives us these these blessings, uh, you know, whatever it is. There's, you know, food. You can overeat, uh, but w whatever it is, he gives us these blessings, and they're blessings as long as we use them properly, as long as we use them with the intent that he gives in his word. Um, uh, the, the examples that he shows and gives in his word, that's that moderation that we're looking for, not to an extreme. Okay. Well, I think uh, the key message to me is uh, self-control. Mm. Uh, the Bible expects us to have self-control. God expects that out of us. And uh, having the control to use something properly is important. And also, if a person doesn't want to drink, it's not a sin not to. <laughs> Uh, and uh, if a person doesn't feel comfortable with it, doesn't uh, want it, or there's some issue in their background, or if they have a spouse or a, a good friend who's an alcoholic, don't drink with, uh, in front of them. I mean, that's just politeness. Uh, and um, so we, we don't want to say that you must drink by any means. But if one does take a bit of alcohol, that whole concept of self-control is extremely important. And that's part of character building. And uh, it's part also of what God expects of us in accountability. We don't often talk about that, but God does hold us accountable. And uh, he wants us to have a blessing, a wonderful life. But, you know, there are rules. There are ways of having a wonderful life, and there are ways of having a terrible life, all depending on our choices. Mm -hmm. yeah. So choices that involve self-control and wisdom apply to this situation. Okay. Thank you. Gentlemen, I'd like to thank both of you for being on the program today. Thank you for your time, and thank you for your helpful insights. Alcohol is an ancient substance, as we've talked about, used by mankind over the eons in many different ways and for many different purposes. It has the potential for abuse, yet it can also be enjoyed without abuse. The Bible makes it clear that God strongly condemns alcohol abuse and drunkenness. Yet the Bible plainly shows that alcohol use in moderation, not resulting in drunkenness, is okay. Alcohol use is one of those behaviors that requires wisdom and self-control, as we've talked about, in order to use it in a God-intended way. Alcohol is a substance we must have a proper fear of and respect for, but not necessarily one that should be avoided, assuming one is of legal age and does not have a history of alcohol abuse. For more insights into the godly use of alcohol, you might want to read our commentary entitled A Mocker and a Brawler on the TomorrowsWorld.org website. And for more encouraging news about the future and this topic, stay tuned to TW Now each week. Next week, we plan to change gears topically and talk about what is going on behind global military buildup. Why are we seeing this all over the news today? Until then, have a great week, and we'll see you next week.